0: Gracias.
1: Welcome everybody to Finding Hermes. I hope you're ready to walk through those doors with the god of the mind and find your own higher mind. I hope you're ready to lay your cards on the table and become transparent to the transcendent. And with us on this episode, we have my friend and fellow true seeker warrior Mo Bernard. Mo, how are you and uh, glad to be talking to you in this on this platform.
2: I'm doing great. And
1: it's it's nice to be on
2: the show with you again, Miguel. I think it's been a few years since we we last uh, talked with each other. So again, it's an honor to be on on your podcast.
1: Oh, man, always glad to talk to you in some way or another. Yes, you've been on on Bide. I have been on Gnostic Warrior. So and we both sort of, uh, yeah, we're kind of doing the same work, the work of trying to wake up people, the work of Gnosis. But Again, I, as many know, I started this venture because of the high weirdness that happened in 2020. I knew that uh, mental issues were abounding and people were probably searching for alternative me- uh, means of healing. Uh, in a way, your podcast has done both, dealing with the occult, but also dealing with holistic methods of healing. You've balanced this very well For since you started in 2009. But having said that, I'm sure 2020 was pre- a pretty wild year for you. So uh, maybe for the audience, you could share what uh, spiritual practices or any type of practices did you adopt and during the whole weirdness that happened? Or what did you have to pivot to any different places? Or you just grabbed on to what you knew? I believe I, I grabbed
2: on to, to what I knew. I had some things in my life happened that I, I believe weren't dealing with the, the COVID crisis, but it, it seemed to align with uh, the COVID when it happened. And, um, you know, it deals with the theme of this podcast and the higher mind and, and also, you know, the, this concept of the lower mind. And, um, you know, this is something that I've had issues with. And, you know, when you go into, you know, the teachings of Gnosticism and you look into philosophy and then also when you look into to Christianity, you start to see these these common threads of, of teachings. And, and one of those um, that I kept coming across that reminded me of myself was this, you know, beast-like figure, this Yaldabaoth. Um, and what I notice in, in other people, you know, Carl Jung, I'm not sure the quote, but he, it's this thing, what you dislike in other people is most likely what you dislike about yourself. Something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Projection, we project. Pro- Projection. So, uh, in this weird world that you know we we live in, uh, I think sometimes we don't uh, treat people how we want to treat people. Sometimes, and I believe that our the way that we're taught is you know youngsters and the way the school system and the way we're fed and and the knowledge that we're given. It's almost as if we're you know our beastly nature, our material nature, is to take precedence over our, our spiritual. So, I believe you know, that's kind of what happened to me growing up and and having issues with myself. I always felt kind of dualistic, you know, and of course, Gnostics are famous for that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so um, long story short, you know, I've had issues, as you know, with um, drug addiction, uh, anger problems in my life. I've I've been to jail, uh, went to prison. It's been 20 years, you know, since any of that happened. But I've came back and forth to having issues with drinking, as you know, and, and, you know, when stresses or different things happened in my life. But recently I had a son, um, who started going down that road. He was down that road for a while, but he went down the road of methamphetamine mm. and, uh, he's down there. And and what happened is he basically changed into this other person and the shadow that we all dislike of ourselves. And, and I noticed it in, myself and him, and then he fully took on this, this, this person, and he changed completely, like the good part of him is almost gone. And mm-hmm. and I remembered when I had problems with drugs and drinking, having similar issues, and then seeing this in other people and so forth. Um, so that really made me trying to study and, and figure out what was going on with with us, you know, with me when I would get like that, and why I would always go back and forth, and um, you know that's what brought me along the line to back to what I do now for for mold and and fungi and the counterfeit spirit that I believe that the the Gnostics had talked about you know and I I believe this is what deals with Tartarus and Hell and Archeron and the the demiurge and so forth I know it I'm, I'm tying a lot together but you know that's kind of the in a nutshell and so anyways I studied the you know methamphetamine addiction and, and I found out you know, de facto, there's a plethora of scientific studies showing that when you do methamphetamine, you increase the fungal uh, load in your GI tract. Mm-hmm. You know, you're eating sugar, eating bad, you're not sleeping, you're you're literally doing everything that mold loves, and they start peripherating your, your GI tract. And um, as you know, uh, your GI tract is like a second brain. And so that was really interesting to me, because you know, I was finding out that when I was researching the GI tract that it actually controls a lot of our emotions and our, our um, bodily functions and so forth. And, and where we don't really have to use this at all, this is just basically kind of controlling it through our vagus nerve into right. our brain. It's almost like our old reptilian brain. And I'm starting to think it's our demonic fungi brain is what I'm, I'm getting at. And this is what's connected to the, I believe, the fungal Earth news, Tartarus kind of thing. And the higher mind, the Hermes uh, would be the higher philosophies. This would be, you know, when you see saints with the the halo and and Buddhas and, you know, they're they're participating in the higher mind. You know, they're putting their spiritual above the material, you know, they're using their reason and so forth. So instead of their their lower noose, their GI tract, their second brain, all their beastly appetites. You know, whether it's drugs, drinking, food, whatever it might be, controlling this, you control this. And, you know, that's where I found the duality in, in myself and having those conversations and and always having to say, no, I'm not going to have that drink. Well, no, just have a drink, you know, it's just, <laughs> you know, this thing. <laughs> yeah, just one drink, just one drink. Just he just, one and he I'll go it. home. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and so, Maybe. yeah, please continue. Yeah. This yeah
2: so this is a. Uh, a conversation that I've had in my own head and, and all my life where I've had issues with the dark side, the shadow side of myself. And and then also I, I felt the good side that was always seeking to, to rule me, but was having problems with my, my dark side. So have you, have you ever had issues with that yourself, Miguel?
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole duality. I mean, like you said, we have shadow, we have complexes, we have all this, Things that happened to the past almost create alternative personalities. You know, the Miguel that was beaten up by his dad, the Miguel that was rejected by... And if you don't deal with them, they'll come up. And uh, then there's the game, like you said, I want to suppress these shadows, these alternative me's, but every time I suppress them, they get stronger. So like you said, it's... uh, The game of understanding them with self-knowledge integrate them and uh try to in a strange way try to love all these uh versions of me as hard as uh, i've learned to hate them all my life so sure
2: you know and, and i think that's you know part of the path you know if you're you know being a gnostic now and kind of living in the moment in our past we each have those different things that happened in our lives and we could either you know continue them with, with our children and, and, you know, beat our children and do those things. And, you know, if, you know, if you were sexually abused, you, you now continue that, or you, you really dig deep down and you try to think back and, and forgive these people that hurt you and what happened to them and their lives that made them like that. And if you really start analyzing and going back, it's always these traumas and we're each kind of carrying them on. And then, you know, if we're parents, we're carrying them to our children. So we got to be really careful you know, in that aspect, you know, so I believe that we were to transmute that shadow, that darkness somehow, um, you know, and I feel like with you, Miguel, maybe that's through your work, you know, that you're doing, um, you know, with Aon Bide and all the books that you've written and the people that you're interviewing and you're doing work that you love now and maybe getting out of the marketing field and so forth. You know, I, I feel, you know, those things that we transmute, you know, I, I got my black belt about 10 years ago, eight years ago. You know, that was one of the things that I feel that, you know, I transmuted some of my anger into martial arts and learned to humble myself and learned, you know, the, the way of fighting and, and to honor and so forth. And I'm a much different person, you know, uh, because of that. So, you know, those are like the things that um, I feel are, are necessary. But again, the, the higher mind and the, the lower mind, you know, the Greeks had called the noose. Mm-hmm. You know, and they also believe that there was also a, a hive mind. And I believe that through the mythologies, you know, like through Gaia and they talked about Tartarus and Tartarus was the uh, the offspring of Gaia. You know, so what's interesting is, you know, Tartarus, it's this slime, it's this this black gooey stuff, you know, and you see this black goo, you know, in modern um, movies and so forth. They talk about and. And and again, this Tartarus is where people would go to to be judged and they would be in chains. You know, and it's interesting because, you know, those Greek mythologies, when we look at Christianity and if you look at the mystical sense, they talk about hell and and people are in fetters and chains, you know, this kind of same concept from the Greeks went into Christianity, you know, so it's just when you start tying everything together and then I realize, you know, when you look at these people that and, and myself, when I've had problems with drugs is I almost turned inverted bad to the point I was somewhat evil. Um, and this evilness can reach different degrees. And then if you look at this specifically um, methamphetamine addicts, it's, it's an interesting study because you'll you'll see the transformation from, say, someone looking like me or yourself to literally in two or three years their face will just and they'll turn in and they're getting sores all over them and they feel like you know and they have these um these they feel like bugs are eating them and you know so i was researching that why do they feel like bugs? their
1: eyes are possessed like Correct. They literally they literally are possessed
2: yeah so right. this is this is interesting to me um Miguel, because, you know, the counterfeit spirit and, and the beast, and then you hear the zombies and then in the matrix, they talk about, you know, some people in the system and they, you know, they talk about the people that are part of the system and so forth. And then I believe like these would be kind of the degenerates of the system, but they're still, they're still operating, you know, meaning they're still living and they just just seem to have one track minds. And then if you research again, methamphetamines, a lot of them do some diabolic, diabolical stuff under the influence and, and a lot of them were people just like you and I, Miguel, we could have went down that road. Right. Easy. Easy. Easily. So, you know, and, and I'm going, what, what's operating these people? What, what's changing my son to where he was this reasonable man, logical, you know, he had this little dark side, but he was in control. And now it's just reversed. And to the point he's going to left field and hating everybody and, and lashing out at them and, and literally nihilistic, suicidal like that. And then you see this time and time again with other people. And then they commit these crimes. They're killing their families. You know, they're seeing demons, you know, and all these different spiritual apparitions, you know, where are they? They're like in a different almost realm, Mm. you know. So all these different things really made me, you know, just take grasp of humanity and and what's going on out there and the different degrees. And um, what I believe, again, is controlling these people is, this earth hive mind, um, that operates through, uh, fu- fungi, um, molds. And, um, if you study again, molds, you, you look at, um, I think it's Rupert Sheldrick and, um, Merlin Sheldrick. They have a lot of great studies, but they talk about how the, um, the fungi is earth's internet, you know, and it works symbiotically literally with every living creature, you know, and then if you study fungi, we actually live symbiotically they're, they are they comprise of about 99% of our dna with all these different wow. organisms yeah so we have 1% 1% is human dna in this body right here
1: and the rest of us is like swamp thing basically swamp thing
2: correct so there's this uh what i learned there's a struggle for control of this and and if you look at other um insects and other animals they actually control other animals they're able to actually inhabit them and control their central nervous system through their vagus nerve and and control their
1: brain where these you know
2: these ants these
1: wasps the ant, yeah yeah they shoot the spores after they take over yeah that, it's like that's I had guess, and that 's how archons operate take over you in this
2: correct, so listen to this um I wrote an article a little while ago called Lord of the Flies. Fungi controls flies' minds as it preys and affects other flies. And I have this theory. This is exactly what humans do. Danish researchers have discovered a genus of fungi that infects and eats flies from the inside out as it controls their minds, creating what they call zombie flies. Oh and then what God. is in, yeah, what is interesting is not how, now how this fungus infects the flies, but after they become zombies, they become predators of other flies. Ah. So they morph. And so this thing that is really interesting to me because I see this in humans. I see this with people preying on other people, whether it's through business, whether it's through magic, whether it's through the occult, whatever you you might be, you see this in different degrees in our society where people are are preying on one another, whether it's for economic advantage, whether it's for sexual advantage, it's pedophiles, whatever it may be. You know, they're, they're basically trying to control these these people and um anyways if you study black magic and and long story short you'll you'll find a lot of the black magic deals with controlling these elementals and what they called in germany lingosarium. uh franz hartman uh talked about and uh, lingosarium is fungi so
1: yeah that's fascinating because i mean i know you started uh your work on mold um For the audience, even if you're secular, you don't have to listen to Mo and I. (laughs) Mold in your house is bad for you. It can give you tiredness, depression, Uh, scientifically, it can even give you schizophrenia. So always make sure that mold, my wife and I are always trying to look for even hidden mold. It can be completely hidden. But what happened with your journey with... uh, (laughs) Getting acquainted with mold, as strange as that sounds, Uh, maybe share with the audience. And it's a very touching and powerful a story. But uh, it sort of sent you on your path, on your your mission today of why you're doing this today. Hundred percent. Yeah, Miguel. It it was in about the year 2011.
2: So it was about two years where I believe I I went down my path as a Gnostic and really seeking to know the truth and you know learning to understand things and. And when I sought my path, Miguel, I always sought to be like, you know, if I was going to be a Gnostic, I wanted to be like the real deal. I wanted to really like, I wanted to understand everything that people were talking about. Cause like I'd be listening to your podcast, just like somebody might be listening to us and be lost, you know, talking about all these different terms. And, (laughs) and I wanted to really understand, you know, and, and be a scholar of, of the Gnosticism. And then as I was always getting into it, I wanted to, you know, understand the science, Okay. So, but long story short is, you know, two years down that journey, my son started getting sick and what that Gnostic journey didn't entail at that time was really getting into alchemy and and medical and biology. It was more of the kind of the Gnostic umbrella, but um, my son was getting sick and I was living in a house. I had a business doing really well, overlooking the ocean. Everything was going great, had the podcast and um, he just started getting sick more often and more often. And at the time, I, again, was pretty much, I would say, illiterate and um, ignorant when it came to the medical and uh, anything happening with the body. I just I, I basically trusted this the system, <laughs> right, that they would take care of it. And if anything ever happened. So I, I kept taking my son to the doctor and he would have the flu or an earache and they kept giving him antibiotics and antibiotics and steroids and different things. And after time, he kept getting sicker and sicker. So this happened for about two, two years, and then it got to the point where he actually couldn't walk anymore. And uh, I was desperate because he was in severe pain, and then he was having stomach issues and then head issues. It was like, it was as if it was going downhill. And as I was, I was taken to the doctor, they were just kind of scratching their heads, not knowing. So I, I went on the path of trying to figure out what was wrong with my son, seeking to know and have the gnosis to, to have a diagnosis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to figure out what was up. And um, that's when I came along uh, various people and groups online talking about mold and toxic mold and their journeys. And they literally were similar to mine and, and the symptoms that my son had. And um, you know, and it made sense because we had water damage and several issues with plumbing overflowing, but we did not, we took care of the the plumbing, but we didn't take care of the water damage. And that happened over several years and uh, we even had you know fecal matter one time i remember this wasn't us but it was coming up out of the 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 front it was like the trees were clogging the main drain but literally poop was coming out of every pipe in our house everywhere you know and we had a a a realtor that owned the house in in carlsbad california but you know he literally let us sit in it you know for five days and we're taking video and pictures because then we were like going, hey, something's up. And this is when my son was sick. And I was like, it's got to be this. that has got to be this. And so that's when I started looking around and and seeing mold and, and issues. And I'm going, babe, this is this house has issues. I believe this is what's wrong with my son. And so anyways, um, we got a mold test. And that's when I heard about, you know, you get a mold test if you think you might have issues, especially if you're renting. I was in a lease. It's only about two two months into the new lease. Um, three thousand a month. You know, is expensive, and um, I got a mold test, and um, sure enough, it came back positive. In, in these high levels of toxic mold, Stachybotrys, which is what they call uh, black mold, uh, Aspergillus. All these molds are toxic. They're they cause cancer. They could kill you. Um, they have mycotoxins. That's really what the the toxin that kills people. And the government actually puts these in bombs. There's several governments around the world, and they do chemical warfare with the very toxins that are in the mold that are in our homes. Um, So anyways, I find out that it's mold and I tell the, the owner and I go to the doctors with all this information and um, basically they, uh, they thought I was crazy. You know, they were like mold, what, you know, you're, you're crazy. Mold's not dangerous, you know, this and that. And okay. So, and then uh, basically they thought I was crazy, you know, and, I researched the mold more and I had all these different scientific studies. I literally had a folder, I had everything and then doctor after doctor literally just told me it's not mold. There's there's no way it could be mold. Mold doesn't do this. You know, so we ended up moving out of that house. I broke my lease. Um we ended up moving to the the mountains uh here um Julian about 50 miles from Carlsbad and my son ended up walking the very first day up in the mountains. Oh wow. Yeah, so it was like being in the fresh air, out from this house, but he ended up not walking like the next day. It was like this this thing where he went yeah. back and forth, and um, it's weird. This the, the mycotoxins work on your central nervous system, so they they cause these issues where they can cause issues with your pain, where they mimic you know arthritis and you know people can't walk and Crohn's and so forth. And you know my son had that same thing, of course, in his stomach, and it ended up being a, a fungal overload. Um, so if you're having an issue out there, anybody with your stomach and you're being treated for Crohn's or whatever it might be, um, take mm-hmm. a look at, at fungus, especially if you had a lot of antibiotics. Um, so we ended up, um, my life kind of took a turn and uh, my business and so forth, it went down. And I decided to move to New Mexico, as you know, and uh, it was there in New Mexico that uh, we ended up seeing a mold doctor. There's a Dr. Shoemaker uh, Dr. McMahon, there's, there's doctors that specialize in mold that you could see. And they're, they're basically, they're, they're mold Gnostics, right? They understand the science, Right. they, they live in there. And those are the people that you, you want to talk to too, but also they're, they're profiteers as well. So you got to be careful because you, you could spend all your money on doctors and, and seeking treatment. So you got to find a fine line between the two. But what ended up being the saving grace for my son is we um, found out about um, hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And there happened to be in Albuquerque, New Mexico, a, a hyperbaric place at the time called Pro Oxygen. And my son, who was in the wheelchair at that time when we were in New Mexico, once we moved there for a couple months, um, he started doing the hyperbaric and he started walking and never got back in his chair. Awesome.
1: That's awesome! Yeah. yeah, I know the story. Uh, I followed you and you kept in touch, and it's, it's so awesome what happened. And again, yeah. it set you on a path. And when did exactly did it go from scientific mole and fungus to the spiritual levels? Obviously, you with your research, when did was the shift really fast, or again was it a sort of a gradual thing?
2: It was gradual, but it, it again it started with my son.
1: Um, one of the things that my son
2: had experienced were. Uh, nightmares and nightmares while he was awake. It was as if he was in this realm between the living and the, and what I would call the dead. And mm-hmm. I don't like to say that, um, but he would describe things that he never saw. We weren't a family that watched, you know, nightmare movies or horrors. I'm not really into any of that stuff and I don't subject my children to any of that, but that's exactly what he was basically describing was hell and, and tr- people trying to drag him down to this hell, this place. And he was scared. And he was like, he would look at me in my eyes and go, Dad, please help me. Don't let them take me. Don't let them take me. And this was a reoccurrence, like for the whole two years that he was in that wheelchair. And um, I started to uh, have issues myself uh, because I started drinking and then I was having issues. And then I would hear this voice and it was this weird voice that would say, he's just going to die. Just let him die. This weird fuck, this weird thing. Sorry for my language, but it. I no, I never, I have only shared this with my wife, but um, it was this weird thing. And I was just like, it's like, what's going on? You know? And I was going through this in New Mexico. And at the time I was drinking probably five days a week. Couldn't sleep. I was just literally researching, you know, maybe sleeping three hours a day. And I felt like I was going into this realm And Albuquerque is a weird place, just so you know, as it is. Um, I don't know if the Native uh, Americans there, but it's it's a lot of high weirdness happens in Albuquerque. That's where the Sandia Mm. Labs are. You know, a lot of Black Lodge stuff happens there. Um, They they let off the nuclear bomb in the the desert near there and so forth. But I felt a lot of that when I was there. It was a weird, dark um, kind of thing. And um, so that ended up happening in my head and I had this battle for about a month with that voice and then I just 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 decided to talk back like to this voice I was like no mother I talked like it no motherfucker he's not gonna die get the fuck (laughs) you know what I mean and that was kind of the discussion and then I go and and I made this decision I go I, I was becoming weak and like like giving in and like fearful and drinking and still like and I was becoming this feeble man and I just decided that day i was like no I, I gotta get strength i gotta be strong for my son i'm you know i gotta be you know have everything right and so anyways i started that day and i never heard that voice again but it was from then on that his health actually it went from like doing this to like literally like i could see not a hockey stick but literally like a mountain you know and it was as if like me being his father and, and being the central brain it was as this I, I was equilibrium and I was strong again. And it was like, no, you know, I'm strong, I'm powerful. And no, you're not gonna take me and you're not gonna take my son. And, you know, and that's kind of how I started thinking in my head, like this powerful person, rather than being more weak and kind of fearful and stuff. And and again, that's when it started taking that route. And then I started getting into the mold um field and um, getting certified and then helping other people and I started to see the same thing happen with other people and people were actually losing their mind that were previously normal. Um, so this would go along with the schizophrenia, the depression. Uh, there's a thing that uh, they call mold rage where people that were previously normal when they live in these mold homes, they tend to get raged at their loved ones and they change where they're almost like a dual person. Mm-hmm. And so that's really where, you know, the science started tying into the spiritual for me was when I saw that with my son, who, of course, never had experienced anything, no drugs, no evil, never, been, you know, and he was seeing these same kind of evilness. And then these other people that were also experiencing it where they were normal people. And I'm talking, you know, people that are teachers, you know, they're um, police officers, whoever it might be. It was just the, the the gamut. It was the same thing. And it wasn't everybody, but the the severe cases, the people were, their personalities were changing, and it was usually towards the negative. And, you know, the common theme that I, I keep seeing in, in all these different people, and, and of course, is the mold and, and the, the fungi, and, and what I believe it's infecting them, and it's causing them to basically operate almost as if um, the fungi started to try to control their brain, almost like the, the fleas, or the flies, and, and the, the wasp, and so forth.
1: So, so you would say it's a sort of a possession it's uh the archons possessive and of course the archons can be very mechanical insect-like virus-like i mean this is what the gnostic gospel said even carl jung thought that addiction was what he called a dark archetype that can bill w and carl jung actually had a, a conversation via letter and jung was like this is like devil possession it is independent it's not not just your shadow or anything this is from somewhere else and we addicts we open the door for it when our weakness or arrogance or whatever and it takes over so you would agree with this mo or i mean we can call it many things but the effects are the same you know well what regardless of what mythology or religion we use The evidence is out there, uh, a world full of addicts and broken souls and people just wasting away.
2: I do, you know, and I believe, you know, due to the different languages and and time and eras when different authors had written, you know, whether they were writing back in Phoenicia or in Babylon or it was the Greeks or it was the the Latins in Rome, you know, or it was the English, the, the old English or it's now or it's Carl Jung and these different types of names that we give to these different um, entities, I believe it all points to the single entity that we're talking about, whether it's the archon, the shadow, the devil, um, Tartarus, um, I believe it's all dealing with this the same thing. And and if you really research the the teachings when you get into it, um, especially when you get into the the Greeks and um, Plato and Hesiod, And so forth. They really talk about it. So I wanted to share just a little bit of that real quickly with you. Yeah, please do. Okay, so in Homer's Iliad, Zeus asserts Tartarus is far beneath Hades as heaven is above the earth. Hesiod depicts it as a misty Tartarus, stating that it was far below the earth as heaven is from the earth, describing Tartarus as a vast chasm, both dismal and dank, and a place of decay. He states Tartarus is the one first beings have emerged from the creation of the universe and was the opposite of Gaia Earth. And let me remind you the science. Science is now stating that fungi was the first literally living entity. um, And we spawn from that and sponges um, Mm -hmm. in the ocean. And that eventually we came from that. So that's what science is starting to state now. And according to Plato's Gorgias, the souls were deemed impious and unjust by the judges of the dead, were sent to Tartarus and eternally damned. And Fido, Plato states that all the rivers run through the chasm of Tartarus and they flow back out and through the earth. So it's interesting, It's they call it this primordial force. So primordial means first being and it's this force or this God and it's the uh, descendant of Gaia, mother earth. Okay, so, and then when we go into the Orphic sources and the mystery schools, Tartarus is the unbound first existing entity from which the light and the cosmos are born. So this is where it gets interesting because I was more along those lines where you were talking about, you know, it was this possession thing, but I also, I believe it's it's more of a symbiotic type of relationship. Mm-hmm. And this would go more along with the matrix battery, okay? Yeah. And this is, we're either positive or negative. You're either, your positive is up or your negative is up. We're either contributing to the higher mind, or we're turned upside down. And it's more as if the lower mind is controlling us. And that's where I believe the Christian teachings come from, in regards to sinning, because if we look at all the different sins, you know, from slothness to gluttony, all that stuff, you know, I know, just so you know, because I researched this, uh, when you get obese, your your gut grows. And guess what else Mm -hmm. grows down there?
1: Fungi yeah. fungi yeah of yeah, course yeah yeah a whole bunch of stuff under.
2: yeah so my, my theor- yeah so my theory is that if you're you're constantly charging the second brain and training it okay whether it's with food ice cream whether it's with uh, um, drugs methamphetamine or it's it's pharmaceutical drugs whatever pick your your poison or alcohol you're training your second brain your beast your dog your shadow to kind of overrule and control your body. So that's why I believe a lot of people, whether, you know, again, it's food. I've had my problems with food addiction. I've had my problems with all these types of stuff that I'm mentioning. And okay. it's, it's, I believe it's this, this thing in me. And, um, you know, and again, I started as a youngster growing up in the seventies and the eighties where, you know, it was just like, that's when the microwave generation came in and hot dogs TV <laughs> dinner and all that junk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, I believe the science, because of, you know, what's out there, it's known um, by the Black Brotherhood, as I mentioned, and, and the Black magicians that seem to rule roll, roll over us. And if you look at us, I have this theory or this, this saying, he who controls the gut controls the mind. So our whole society is based upon doing what I have said is increasing that fungal overload, whether it's through the antibiotics, the vaccines or the food and so forth. Of course, we're not made with a gun to our head, you'll go eat that cheeseburger and go eat at McDonald's, right? Where well, the marketing
1: <laughs> comes in. The, the
2: marketing, we talked about that, right? Yeah. But, you know, let's talk briefly about marketing. A lot of people don't understand. There's there's different types of marketing, but essentially marketing, in a, it's black magic, okay? Mm-hmm. Black magic is getting people to do things they normally would not do on their own, okay? Mm-hmm. And if we look at marketing in regards to economics and consumerism, it's getting us to buy things that we do not need. Right. Or we shouldn't consume, you know, and behind these products, you know, there's a lot of profiteers that are putting different things in these products so they could make more of a profit. You know, if they take out more of the whole food and put this and that in it, you know, it's going to they're going to make more profits. And, you know, the executives on the board are going to you know what I mean? right and everybody's happy and the marketing guys that one of the highest paid guys right (laughs) yeah
1: get our bonuses and (laughs) And
2: all the while yeah and it looks great and you know when we look at you know america and it looks like disneyland everybody's having fun eating cotton candy and drinking cokes and you know all the while we're increasing the fungal overload in our bodies right and and we look at our population and we have everybody's obese. We have one of the most obese nations, one of the sickest nations and so forth.
1: I think 70%, 80% of this country is overweight. and Correct. And then what, uh, when, the, when the pandemic hit, I think what, 70% of people hospitalized were severely overweight. I mean, that's correct. That's a slaughterhouse. It's like we were sitting ducks. You know? Sitting ducks. Yeah. And, and most of those people that died from
2: COVID allegedly were people that had problems with their immune system. Yeah. And when you study, you know, fungal um, infections and parasitism and mycotoxins, that's the first thing it goes to work on is your immune system. So your immune system is your, your guard against the archons, right? That's, yeah. that's what, you know, if I, you know what I mean? And if that, that barrier goes down, you know, you kind of go to sleep, you're, you know, like, Hey, you know, have some cotton candy, have some vaccines or some antibiotics, whatever, give it to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Before yeah. you know it, you might be flipped over, you know, and you might be having problems and rage, you know, and like, what, what's that voice in my head,
1: you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you're groggy, you're tired. So then they can be more messages in your head. And make okay. worse decisions yeah it's a self-fulfilling prophecy it's, it is and and you probably know as i if, if you've ever been ill or from your own
2: doing or have gotten injured you're it's pretty hard to operate this when this isn't operating well
1: do you agree oh yeah yeah, yeah. you have to you have to have a clear mind i mean yeah it's all so attached
2: yeah like the body said, and the mind
1: if it gets compromised, you know, like a computer, one little virus, one little glitch in the matrix and Correct. we're at war. The
2: virus takes over the program. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I, I feel is essentially has happened to humanity is that the counterfeit spirit, the Gnostics had talked about, you know, they, that was the duality they talked about. They, they either, you either had the Holy Spirit or you had the counterfeit spirit right, right? You, either one or the other was controlling you and they had this simple theory if you did you know bad stupid things the counterfeit spirit was controlling you <laughs> right and if if it was good the holy spirit right and so the the holy spirit and i was like what's the holy spirit you know god wants some more of this You know, right? <laughs> <laughs> give me some more of this lord yeah. you know and and that's when i started learning more of course getting into the christian mystical teachings you know and you know i'm not um, you know, I grew up Roman Catholic and then I went away. I believe I became atheistic, didn't believe in God. I thought Christians were hypocrites. And and then now that I've come back to um, Christianity, even though I am a Gnostic, you know, thank God and the Pope, you know, that <laughs> they're not going to burn me that far I know right now. right? Yeah, not that. <laughs> so, but in any event, you know, I'm not going to church right now, but I do study the teachings and I, I'm beginning to appreciate a lot of what has has went into um, the scripture, you know, and um, you know that it's just uh, it's really it's really awesome when you start researching that, and you know that brings you to the Holy Spirit, of course, what the Gnostics talk about, and they talk about in Christianity the Holy Fire, and you'll be illuminated by the Holy yeah. Spirit, you know, and um, that's what they believe. God and and this this fire descended from heaven, you know, came down, and that's what illuminated the the prophets and the saints and. And that's what enlightens the Gnostics and, and the Buddhas and so forth. And I was like, what, "What's this fire? Where does it come from?" <laughs> that's Mo. Okay, that's like me as a kid when I,
1: Where, where's, "Where's the moon? Where does it come yeah, from? Yeah. You know? <laughs> How do I pay for it to come down? It's Where do I order it? it?
2: <laughs> it's made of. It's not made of cheese. You're lying. You know. <laughs> so I um, started studying uh, about God and wanting to find out about God because, as I mentioned. You know, you you hear about God and Christianity and all these different religions. And sure. they talked about God and, you know, and then the Holy Spirit and Jesus and this this holy fire was connected to God. And I was like, who's God? Like what? You know, and and then um, I started researching. And that's when Mo gets into the ancient teachings and learning from the old philosophers. And that's what I learned. I started really getting into tradition um, and tradition. What I believe deals with is is studying and and going in line with the traditional philosophers you know from pythagoras to plato to to the hesiod and and to now and you kind of you start living in their world and you'll see like almost like a baton mean passed along even to jung carl jung you know all these batons where they were like you know like living in the now like being what they call dacian you're you're honoring tradition, but you're a modern man. And that's kind of what I call the modern Gnostic is like we're honoring these teachings that we've been taught and that we talk about. But we're also applying them to our past now as we look to expand upon them, possibly, if you want to be a positive battery and and contribute and be a part of history. And I always wanted to be kind of a part of history and so forth. And um, so anyways, the God, I had learned that they Strabo talks about it, um, Philo. Uh, they considered Jupiter um, God. And so uh, Osiris, Zeus, if you look at the teachings from these various um, philosophers and historians, they'll say that they all represented Jupiter and and that's what they felt was God. And when you research Jupiter and because of science now and and the science we have, you'll start researching these different things. You'll learn as above, so below, you know, and on Jupiter is phosphorus. And that's where we get Mm -hmm. the chemical energy phosphorus. It's the only planet and get, it's that eye, the red eye. Mm -hmm. Right. So phosphorus happens to be, um, interestingly, uh, the alchemical energy that fires our DNA. Um, It's what makes us fire. It's if you don't have any phosphorus, um, you're not operating. And uh, it was Harvey Spencer, the um, leader of uh, American Rosicrucians. He was also um, a member of the, Memphis Mizraim masonry um, he had talked about that people that were dumb had low phosphorus up here <laughs> basically and and they had more down here okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so that goes along with again with the, the second brain theory so if yeah, you're yeah. you're transmuting you know that phosphorus and you're really using your brain and using reason and contributing to the noose to the matrix or whatever you might want to call it you're basically raising that energy, okay, from your what they call the chakra. Again, I, I went through all that stuff before. The chakras, what the hell's the chakras, right? That's just, <laughs> in in our body. That's our glands. So your yeah, your, yeah. Root, <laughs> your root chakra is down here, right here, is right. Right, root,
1: right. Right. So yeah, if you're, you're concentrated,
2: yeah. So if you're concentrated down here all the time in your your root chakra and your energy down here and sex and all your emotions and your gut and everything, that's where you're, you're going to be centered. But if right. you, you transmute it up here a majority of the time, it doesn't mean you got to be a monk and live in the mountains and never have sex again. <laughs> OK, no, no, no. and it doesn't mean you got to be this perfect being. That's what people don't understand as well. When you, no. you become somewhat awakened, you don't have to be this perfect Jesus. But um, in any event, that's when I believe that you transmute and you connect to the holy fire mm. and to the to the noose, to the mind. And that's where, you know, Jupiter's up there. And that's where I believe we're kind of feeding this, this, this mind. And if you get into um, the different philosophies, they believe that the mind actually isn't here. It's, it's out here, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. Like,
1: okay. thought our mind wasn't in us or, or we were inside the soul. The body just sort of, the body was a excretion of the soul of the noose, if you would not. Yeah, exactly, and and basically, this mind was kind of
2: like outside of us, like a sphere. Like we're almost right. in this this bubble. Like it's like we're a, this computer plugging in, and and then I feel that there's also the as I had mentioned the Earth noose, the what I call the little noose sometimes, um, which seeks to control the big noose, right? It <laughs> seeks to, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I believe, again, we, we live symbiotic. So you'll, you'll research um, scientists now that study microorganisms and so forth. And, you know, they believe, of course, that we live symbiotic because they are a part of who we are. And there's plenty of people that are living to old age. Guess what they don't do, Miguel? What's that? Methamphetamine.
1: No, just kidding. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> they, do, they don't. <laughs> a lot of them don't really sin too much.
1: Oh, of course. They're not a
2: lot of sloths and gluttons and stuff no. like that. No, no. Yeah, and it's interesting is, you know, one of the oldest people living here in, in California, and it's in America, actually live in, I think it's Rancho Cucamonga, and they're uh, from the members of the Church of Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they're pretty, you know, of course, not everybody's a saint in, in the church, but for the most part, they're living in the community trying to adhere to the Christian precepts. So that's where I believe, you know, if you don't sin per se, and that would be the health industry, right? Being healthy and, you know, don't be a sloth and, you know, get some rest and, you know, but get some, you know. So I believe that if we do that, we have more of a chance of controlling this and not having the archons, the fungal noose controlling this, you know. And then if you take something like methamphetamine, these drugs, you're going to take a bullet train (laughs) to hell probably.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. And uh, so what advice would you have for people to dealing with a fungus or the whole idea? I mean, you started a business cleaning people's houses and when you started, I was like, this is, you know, again, I always took this mold very seriously, but uh, what are some advice for people just every day? Yeah. So uh, the next thing, the godliness is
2: cleanliness. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's something there and and that needs to be in every aspect of, of your life from your food to your environments and so forth, especially, you know, now in this modern day 2021, how much time we spend indoors, you know, we got to make sure that our endo- environments, our homes are, are free or our apartments where we're living of mold, especially, you know, um, they feed on dust, they feed on our skin, you know, so uh, every day we shed millions of skin cells and guess what's eating them and feeding upon them everywhere around here. Hmm. It's a true story. So, and it's, it's gross, but if you start learning about it and understanding and keeping clean, um, you'll, you'll notice a huge difference. So if you're having issues with your health, you're not sure what's going on. I would definitely start taking a look around your, your property, whether you live in an apartment or a house and start looking for mold, maybe, this podcast is, um, you know, you remember water damage and you didn't take care of it. And shortly thereafter, some illness issues started happening. Or maybe you just moved into a, a new property and you started getting sick several months after and it's really unexplainable. Um, you know, those are really telltale signs that there's something in your environment. And I would contend that it's mold um, in the walls or from water damage in your sink or something hidden could be in your HVAC system. Uh, crawl spaces are a huge issue and i know you're um, on the east coast Uh, basically about 30 to 40 percent of your indoor air actually rises from your crawl space so if you have mold in there on your beams and so forth which a lot of people do because that that dirt basically just so you know dirt is about 30 to 40 percent active mold at all times so if you were to yeah if you were to take a a um a vial of dirt. And take it to a lab, there would be forty percent thirty to forty percent would be active mold um because that's what makes dirt, so if you think about it, when everything dies and it goes there, the leaves and and the bones and so forth that's basically what makes that, and then what makes the black goo within the earth I mean that's all the dead bones of the dinosaurs, and we're making our cars driving them <laughs> 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 you know what I mean and then we're drinking we're making our beers with them right our, yeah, right yeah, 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 definitely are, and so. Ooh. Yeah. And so, again, if you're having issues with your health, I I learned too as we get older, especially if you drink, the more fungi that you put into your body, the more that it's going to eat you. So you're going to start getting health symptoms. So if you start getting athlete's foot arthritis, different types of things, unexplainable pains, and then you happen to be drinking, you happen to be drinking the very thing that's probably eating you in that very part of that body that it's hiding, just like it would in a wall inside of your home. So, you know, eat clean, eat whole foods. I'm very big on eating whole food, organic for the most part, Um, trying not to eat a lot of sugar. Sugar is how we make alcohol and feeds the fungi. So if we put it into our body, right? And uh, the more you put in your body as far as a certain thing, the more it seems to train it. So try to control your your body um, and uh, control what you put into it and then control your environment, um, I recommend a, a, a cheap HEPA filter, a germ guardian or something for your house. Uh, that way it'll, it'll filter the air. So some people can't move. They might have an issue and they're scared. Um, You can get a, a filter for a hundred bucks on Amazon or 90 bucks, and that'll help filter your air, even when you have mold. And you could actually use stuff like hydrogen peroxide and, and fog your home um, with a fan and you have a spray bottle and you could just,
3: mm. and you could it's
2: going to take you a while, but you literally will kill all the spores everywhere around you and in your house and, and they'll be dead.
1: Awesome. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Great advice. Yeah. It's, it's a busy universe out there. So much going on beyond our eye. And I think the lesson you're, you're showing us is knowledge is power. That's no, the more, you know, the more, the solutions will come or the solutions will be downloaded to you. So, and, uh, what about for, uh, spiritual practice i guess again it's self knowledge right we're all different you know what uh, we all got to find our own practice
2: we do and where i believe that practice happens is up here miguel in in our minds and in the the higher mind and in the reason and then it's really i believe practicing uh, gratitude and and grace and um, being thankful uh, for for what you have so those would be some of the, the rituals that, that I do. Um, I'll get down on my knees and sometimes I'll cry and I'll thank. And I try to thank God, the Lord, my ancestors. I try to pay tribute to, to my ancestors. Um, if you research uh, spiritual entities and so forth and daemons and Socrates, they, they believed in guardian spirits. And if you really research that, um, those would be your your ancestors. So I believe that we're here to honor them in a sense, but also to live our lives and to to be good people and to contribute. And it's an honor to live and to be in the flesh rather than to, to be a curse. So I'm not one of those Gnostics that thinks that this is um, an eternal hell and it's a prison. Um, I believe that it's a labyrinth and there's a way out and through Gnosis and knowledge that through your path that you could use that to, to exit the labyrinth and go to heaven. Holy fire, Lord, thank you. <laughs>
1: Jupiter, Jupiter, yeah, Jupiter ascending. I think that's a movie. Yep. <laughs> oh, well, that's great. Really appreciate you sharing this uh, wonderful information because again, it's so things that people don't know about and then connecting them to addiction and all these things that, uh, yeah, opens up a lot of vis- vistas and I'm very happy that you've gone down this path of, of, I watch your videos of, uh, read your blog posts when they come. And again, it's great because you'll be talking about occult symbolism and the freemasons and then you'll get something on holistic health. so you, mm-hmm. you keep it uh, very varied. Thank <laughs> and you, uh, yeah, you've definitely str- you've been through the struggle and I'm sorry about your son, but I'm happy about your other son and it's just families. I mean, uh, I'm sure it's I guess that's the last question is uh, as parents, we want to blame ourselves for the sins of our sons but we really can't, you know, an addiction is an addiction. And there is a lot of mystery, even no matter how much research we do. It is, you know, um, and that's when I really realized as I started
2: going down my path and how important it is to to be a good father and and a good role model uh, to the people around you and especially to your, your children, you know, and um, when I had my son, this is my, my second marriage and I have, Three kids. I
1: have one on the way, Miguel. I'm going to be 50 in Congratulations. another. Congratulations, <laughs> awesome. You'll Thank you, man. You'll stay young. I mean, yeah, <laughs> my youngest is five years old, and I'm like, these little monsters keep me young when I think about it. <laughs> Correct,
2: and they make me want to to live longer and to be yeah, a good person, yeah. you know. And so I gotta, I gotta tame my beast. I gotta control my shadow. And be there for my children and walk my daughter down the aisle when she gets married and be there Mm -hmm. for for their children. And, you know, I believe that, you know, if I institute some of the things that I had said and I I preach, you know, and I try to practice those that I can live and and reverse possibly some of those sins and those things that I did to my body so I could live, you know, to be to be an old age and to to have the, the children and enjoy the grandchildren. So.
1: Amen. Amen. Yes. And sometimes the only way they say the only way to lead is by example. That's what you'll be will be remembered for down the line. Yeah. dads did this. Our dad showed up to this. And
2: yeah. Um, and, and let me touch on the one thing I forgot to, to touch on what you sure. had said, which is important because I, I actually went through it this past year with what you had stated um, about not blaming yourself for, you know, the path or, you know, the choices that your children make because you you naturally are going to do that. And I do believe that the things that we do when we're raising them affect them. And, of course, mm-hmm. part of what my son is going through, he's, you know, 30 years old right now is part of how I was. I had him when I was 18 at a time that I oh, was, yeah. yeah, and I was not you know, I I went to jail and I went to prison when I was, when he was young So I believe some of those things did affect him, you know, but there's this thing that we, we have to do, you know, as we go along our path and each one of us is different. And some of us sometimes never see that is him understanding what I went through and my father. And, you know, like you had went through a rough childhood. I went, my father was an alcoholic. I had no teachings. I was drinking when I was literally 11 years old, doing drugs in my bedroom when I was 13, hard drugs. Um, And, selling drugs at a young age and doing things that I shouldn't have did. But in any event um, it was these different things that, you know, happened to my dad and he became an alcoholic and then he lost his dad when he was a youngster. And, you know, just this thing that, that carries on, but you got to learn to forgive. You know, that's the thing I believe when you learn to truly forgive someone in your heart, you know, whether that's someone you love or someone that's wronged you and you, you look at that person and you realize that they were hurt and that, they're doing it usually out of that, you know, and that, you know, people can change, you know, and that I am not that person that I was 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and that I am continuing to change and trying to be a a better person. So I believe that, you know, we need to forgive ourselves and forgive ourselves and not take it too hard and understand, you know, that everything we do matters, everything we say matters and, and try to be the best people we could be. And especially if we're, we're fathers and, and mothers and try to be, you know, those good role models.
1: Well said. Yeah, very well said. And uh, thank you for sharing. And it's been a great conversation. So for the audience, uh, I'll have it flashing underneath and on the show notes. But uh, for those that are just listening audio, where can they find out more about you and your work, Mo? Sure. Um, you can go to
2: gnosticwarrior.com. That's where I, I write about the different uh, types of stuff that we were talking about today. Um, I do have a, a business in Southern California. Um, I do help people if you call me, if you have some questions, especially if you have uh, young ones that are sick or you're very sick yourself. I'll, I'll help anybody over the phone. But um, if you need help with mold, I'm in San Diego. I'm in San Diego County or Southern California. I have Mold Safe Solutions, is my website. I do do mold inspections and mold remediation, and I'm, I'm the real deal. Um, you're going to want to have someone like me go to your house rather than some other company. So thank you for the opportunity, Miguel. It's been an honor. Again, I appreciate you, but
1: Oh, man, always a pleasure having you on, and I'm sure we will talk again on your podcast or my other podcast. So we're on a journey of self-discovery, and we're just getting a little bit wiser And that's a good thing. So, but thanks for coming on Finding Hermes, Uh, Mo. Really appreciate it. You're welcome, Miguel. Take care, bro. You too. And there you have it. And I hope the transition wasn't too fast, but uh, Cronus waits for no man and certainly keeps devouring his children. Anyway, great conversation as always with Mo. I've always loved his uh, intersection of science and spirituality, which always brings new insights into this world that we live in. So check out more of his articles and podcasts. And I'm sure to some of you, uh, the information might have been a little uh, stomach turning, perhaps gives a new meaning to trust your gut. Especially when your gut is comprised, as science says, of about two pounds of microorganisms uh, helping you digest. But, as they say, or as the Gospel of John says, the truth will set you free. But it might make you a little nauseated at first. But in the end, it will also make you healthier spiritually, mentally, and even physically. And that's a good thing, even if it's a little disturbing. Like Jesus says in the Gospel of Thomas, first you will be disturbed and then you will be amazed. And hopefully filled with good food and a good diet and good health. Our talk also reminded me of Irenaeus himself. In the second century, he did say that the Gnostics were popping up across the Roman Empire like mushrooms. So the old battle axe himself, the old heresy hunter, even had a concept of uh, the dominant force of fungi. Of course, I would say that he got the archons wrong because he himself is the archons. And the Gnostics were simply appearing after storms and appearing in the darkness and the edges of town as they always did. But uh, interesting quote by Irenaeus. Another point I thought about during our conversation, and this is something I've been presenting and stressing for a while now in both Aeon Byte and Finding Hermes, is that uh, is the idea that our minds are legion. We are all just disassociative fragments of consciousness. We are complexes, shadow, um, trauma material, uh, program personas, all floating or under the umbrella of uh, what we think is our true selves. So there really is no authentic Miguel or you or anything like that. And it's a matter of integrating it in order to really uh, bring about the unification of the psyche. And this has been stressed by such guests as Bernardo Castro. Lance Owens, Rachel Connerly, and uh, so many others that I've talked to. So with this in mind, I think we're finding out that our bodies are even legion. That uh, we are not comprised of this flesh we think we are, but that we actually comprised of uh, various microorganisms. And we're not even, uh, our bodies aren't even a farm. It's sort of a symbiotic thing where much of what we are is all these creatures feeding on us, uh, existing in us, uh, helping us work our internal biology. It's, well, as above, so below, right? I mean, if the archons are above feeding off of us in the universe and feeding off of the divine essence here trapped in the material world, well, our bodies are also universe where those little archons, their representatives are, well, feeding off of us right now. So, what we are is not uh, who we think we are, even in the body. we are legion, both in mind and body. Hmm. Pretty interesting news, but uh, again, gnosis is not just seeing reality or finding out who we are, but it 's also very important we start out by f- well start out by finding out what we are not and in all this mess and this stew of a uh, complex complexes, this stew of legion we can sort of uh remove what we what we are not and truly dig in to find our divine spark that shard of infinity that pure untainted consciousness and begin tapping into that as we um, individuate and bring all the other pieces of who we are together. And with the body, too, explore your body. As I, I've said before, the body is simply an expression of the soul, it is the language of the soul. Plotinus said that the body is an excretion of the soul and it can be useful, but we have to see it well, we have to see it for what it is. Uh, we are a legion. The truth will set you free and it will disturb you and even make you a little nauseated, but better than living a lie. I, definitely better than living a lie. Our talk also reminded me of Grant Morrison's nameless, uh, six part comic book series that, well, it's a very, it's in the genre of cosmic horror, very Lovecraftian and very Gnostic in many ways. I don't think many people read it and the few people that have read it that I know didn't like it. I think the reason many have told me is that it takes a very, uh, David Lynch Gnostic sort of approach. The narrative isn't always linear. In fact, there's many narratives that flow in and out of each other. So it gets, uh very, uh, surreal at times. And it's also, again, it's very visceral, very intense. I enjoyed it like many, like Cormac McCarthy stories, or again, the Gnostics or David Lynch. It seems it's, uh, it It toys with nihilism but at the end there is that divine spark that intervening holy divinity or that intervening holy piece of information that is salvific and redeems the entire mess of narratives the legion of narratives if you would so yeah i would highly recommend nameless but uh like finding out the truth you will be disturbed for a while Uh, Part of the theme of Legion is that God is both a cosmic mind parasite, but he's also a uh, mental mind parasite that exists in every human being. And when God needs something really specific, a specific quest or mission, he will completely take over the mind of a human being or several human beings. And this manifests as... Yes, fungi start to come out people's mouths and eyes. Uh, people go from being uh, normal zombies that most of us are in this world to complete zombies, doing the quest of this cosmic mind parasite in his mission of creating to- a total collective world of creatures that worships him. Uh, very much like the Night King in Game of Thrones, whose mission is to totally suppress awareness, totally destroy awareness so that we are one mechanical collective, this uh, colony of fungi and flesh that does exactly what the Night King wants or what the mind parasite and nameless wants, this cosmic being that came to conquer. So interesting ins or interesting insight that I saw and check out nameless if you can. So thanks for being here. There will be more Finding Hermes soon. I will try not to skip any months and uh, keep bringing you those alternative means of mental health and regular health so that you can access Hermes, the God of the mind, walk through those doors you need to walk through, lay your cards on the table and become transparent to the transcendent. Thank you, and uh, we will see you soon.
3: your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See betmgm.com for terms. Twenty-one plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Promotion. Promotional offer not available in Washington D.C.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place.